I want you to hold your Bible in your hand. If you brought, listen, if you're new, you didn't bring a Bible, it's okay. Uh, we're just uh, glad that you're here. But if you got a Bible, I want you to hold it in your hand. I want you to say this after me. I thank you, Father, that your word has the power to change my life. Today, I give heed to it. I allow it to go into my ears, then into my mind, and then into my spirit. I'm a hearer of the word and a doer of the word, and I'll never be the same after today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The Bible has a lot to say about fear. The Bible never embraces fear, tells us that fear is a healthy emotion or something that we should have, except when it's talking about the fear of the Lord. There are a lot of passages about the fear of the Lord, which is a different word for fear. It actually means to have a healthy respect for God and who he is and his power. But uh, the Bible never embraces, when we think of fear, the Bible never embraces fear. Uh, and up on the screen there, are, I'm going to go through a whole bunch of scriptures really quickly uh, about fear uh, just to hit the high spots. Psalm chapter 23 verse 4 says, Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. What did you say? I will not be afraid. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 56, 3, who, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in God. Psalm 118, 6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what people can do to me. That's a good scripture. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and don't be afraid. Isaiah 43, I could go on. There are, there are literally hundreds of scriptures in the Bible that say fear not. And so I think you, you get it, don't you, without me reading a hundred scriptures? I think you, I think you get it. Um, uh, the, uh, when uh, the disciples were in the boat with Jesus, we'll talk about that in a few moments, Jesus, uh, Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Why are you, hey, you're with me. I mean, we're together in the boat. How many of you have Jesus in your boat? So the question is, why are we afraid? Now, the devil uses fear so much because the kingdom of God will not operate in our lives in an atmosphere of fear. Faith will not operate in an atmosphere of fear. So we have to be in an atmosphere of faith, and faith and fear cannot coexist in the same space. So if we're people of faith, we're not fearful. And I'm going to help you with this. Some of you are going, well, now everybody's afraid of something. But let's, let's talk about this for a I'm going to help you with this. Um, there's a difference between respect, common sense, and fear. Sometimes people will say, I'm really afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of this thing right here. And it's not really fear at all. It's just that you've got some common sense. Isn't that refreshing? Uh, I mean, I have a healthy, I'm not afraid of bears. Not afraid of bears, but I have a healthy respect for bears. If you get between a mama bear and her cubs, she'll kill you. I'm serious, she'll kill you. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about people mama bears. They'll kill you too. But I'm, I'm talking about, 
I'm talking about real bears. I've been out in the woods. One time I was out in the woods hunting, and uh, there were two bear cubs that went right down the ridge in front of me. And I thought, uh-oh, where is she? Because if I'm between her and those, it doesn't matter if I'm innocent not doing anything. Anything that gets between her and those cubs, she'll kill them. So as soon as I saw those bear cubs, I thought, okay, where is she? And I started looking for her. It turned out she was up on the other ridge and I was okay. She was watching me, but she, I wasn't between her and the cubs. Now, I'm not afraid of bears, but I have a healthy respect for bears. Um, I'm not afraid of storms. But I've got enough sense not to stand on the golf course and wave a metal golf club in the air during a storm I'm not afraid of lightning not afraid of storms some people say I'm afraid of lightning and you're probably not afraid of lightning it's just that you've got some common sense and you understand what that will do I'm not afraid of trucks I'm not afraid of trucks on the highway but I'm not going to go stand in the middle of the highway and let one run over me because I have common sense so don't confuse common sense and fear fear according to the Webster's dictionary fear is a defined as a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil expressed by dread terror and fright that's what fear is and we need to we need to define it when we're, so we we got to be careful what we say we got to be careful about our confession and what we speak of ourselves when we say I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm not afraid of storms and at the same time I'm gonna stand it out in my backyard and holding a lightning rod up in the air because I'm smarter than that now in the Bible fear is never celebrated never encouraged in the Bible except when referring to the fear of the Lord we're always commanded to not be afraid do not be afraid everybody say I am not afraid fear will paralyze you from doing what you should do what you could do sometimes even what you must do to accomplish what God has for your life fear will paralyze you so it's important that we deal with this and our society is bombarded with fear our society is consumed with fear uh, psychologists have identified 1,016 fears you go online and find them there are lists and lists and lists of phobias and fears um, some of these you know I mean arachnophobia how do you know what that is the fear of spiders acrophobia is the fear of heights agoraphobia or agoraphobia I don't know how you say that is a fear of open or crowded spaces claustrophobia fear of small spaces mysophobia fear of germs there are, th there are over a thousand of these my two favorites are ecclesiophobia which is a fear of church <laughs> these are real some of you know that homilophobia is a fear of sermons <laughs> boo this is a good time to talk about fear and I'm, this is not a message about Halloween but this is a good time to talk about fear because it's October and this is a time when, that's set aside in the movie industry anyway to scare everybody this is when most of the horror movies come out and when all the scary decorations are up and um, most people know most of you know that Halloween has a very dark origin Halloween was founded uh, from a very dark past. 
um, in ancient Britain. And again, just, just give me just a moment to talk about this. This is not a whole sermon about Halloween, but in ancient Britain and Ireland, the Celtic festival of Samhain was observed on October 31st. At the end of summer, the souls of the dead were supposed to revisit their homes on this day, and the autumn festival acquired sinister significance with ghosts, witches, black cats, fairies, and demons of all kinds said to be roaming about. People thought that uh, ghosts and spirits uh, roamed after dark on Halloween. They lit candles or lanterns to keep the spirits away, and if they had to go outside, they wore costumes and masks to frighten the spirits away or to keep them from being recognized. If the living did not provide food or treats for the spirits, then the spirits would trick the living, and people feared terrible things might happen to them if they did not honor these spirits. So this is where Halloween came from. That's a really brief, you can read pages and pages, but that's a brief definition of what Halloween is. So I want everybody just to relax. Okay, because I'm not here to tell you that if you take your kids trick-or-treating that you're devil worshipers. It's not what this is about. But so many Christian families are asking this question. Every year I get Christian families that ask me, what do we do with Halloween? We, don't, we know it's, a, it's supposed to be a bad thing, so we don't know as Christians what we're supposed to do. Let me help you with that. There are three different approaches that Christians take toward Halloween. The first one, number one, is to ignore it. Now, because I have a limited past in the occult. I was not a, I was not a high priest or I don't have a big testimony about, uh, about a bunch of stuff like that, but I had about a two-year time in college when I was involved in the occult uh, in high school, last year of high school, first year of college. And so I, do, I know just enough to be dangerous with my information. I'm not an expert on this. But because of my limited uh, background in the occult when we became Christians our uh, our way of dealing with this was to ignore it and so for Connie and I we could just ignore it everybody else celebrated Halloween we just ignored it we didn't celebrate it we didn't go to parties we didn't do trick-or-treating we didn't we didn't do anything which was fine for us and then we had kids and trying to ignore Halloween with kids is impossible I mean, you can stay home and they can watch all the kids coming to the door wanting candy and then go to school the next day and all the kids have all this candy and they want to know, why can't we do that? So then I know one year we decided what we're going to do is we'll leave the house and we'll go to a movie. We'll find a kid movie and go to the movie. So we, there was a movie theater at the mall and we went to the mall to, uh, to go to the movie theater to see the movie. It was a kid's movie. The movie would have been fine, but the whole mall, they had a costume, a Halloween costume party there and there were literally hundreds of kids and their parents there and we, we, you just can't get away from it. So the second way that people deal with, how Christians deal with Halloween is to celebrate it. If you can't ignore it, let's celebrate. If you can't beat them, join them. It's a, it's a, we know it's a, we know it's a, got a really, really dark past, but what else are you going to do? Well, there is a third option, and that is to redeem it. That's what I want to talk about, redeeming Halloween. Uh, Christmas and Easter, you may not know this, and I'm not going to get into a big history about this, but Christmas and Easter were both founded on pagan holidays, pagan Roman holidays, and Jesus was not born on December 25th. And he was not crucified in April. 
but these were Roman pagan holidays that Christians decided it's already a holiday anyway and everybody is already, uh, is already uh, celebrating then so we're going to make our, our holidays coincide with Roman holidays so, and I'm not going to get into all the history of that but the emphasis of those days for us has been successfully changed to being something positive and fun but Halloween has retained its dark past all these centuries and is still a holiday based on fear but I'm a firm believer now in redeeming Halloween positive parties positive costumes candy food and fun let your kids enjoy it without fear and fear everybody say do not fear everybody say I'm not afraid this year, although we're not having a church-wide harvest festival, we haven't had it in a couple of years, it's okay for you and your kids to have fun with Halloween. And did you ever stop to think, I, every year ta uh, our executive pastor, Tammy, uh, makes this point that uh, Halloween night is the only night of the year that all the neighbors are coming to your home and knocking at your door. So why can't we turn that around? What an opportunity to meet your neighbors. You know, most people in this church, you don't know your neighbors. You don't know them. You don't know their names. If you know their names, you don't know their kids' names. You don't know where they work. You don't know what they do. You don't know anything about your neighbors. What a great opportunity. They're coming to your door and knocking at your door. What a great time to redeem Halloween and at least meet your neighbors. Find out who they are, who their kids are. Uh, what an opportunity to get to know them. What an opportunity to be a blessing to your community. And at least when your community, I'm not talking about feeding the whole neighborhood. I'm just talking about being a blessing, being the house that was a blessing to their kids. Yeah, our kids went trick-or-treating last night. Boy, well, they went to this house, and what a blessing. It's an opportunity to do that. The thing you want to stay away from is fear. The thing you want to stay away from is fear. First of all, in instilling in our children a fear of Halloween. We don't have a spirit of fear. But sometimes in trying to keep, in trying to keep our Christian kids away from Halloween, we actually instill fear in them. Oh my goodness, oh, that, that child has a, has a demon costume on. Come on, honey, don't look, don't look. Come this way, come this way, don't, don't. We need to teach our kids, come on, we're not afraid. It's just a child. It's a child in a demon costume, okay? We're not going to wear that, but it's just a kid. And come on, Johnny, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Say it with me. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And we teach our children to be children of faith, not children of fear. So you can, you can try to do the right thing as a Christian parent and still scare your kids. Anybody getting anything out of this so far? Y'all in shock that I'm dealing with this? So we need to rise up and be families of faith. Don't teach your children to be afraid and don't teach your children to be comfortable with fear. Don't teach your children to be comfortable with fear. I've got a video that I want to show you from October the 11th, 1963. How many of you would even remember this video if you saw it? Can we show this video now? Let's show that video now. Honey, don't smoke that now. Wait till the plane takes off. Fasten your seatbelt, sir. 
man out there. Would you wake up, please, honey? away whenever anyone might see him. Hurry! Hurry! What's going on? He's pulling up one of the cowling plates. He did pull it up. Nightmare at 20,000 feet. That's the most famous Twilight Zone episode in history. I was 10 years old when I saw that. And for you sitting here and watching that, I mean, with today's technology, that's really cheesy. I mean, seriously, who would be scared by that? I was 10 years old and I was terrified. And it was five years before I could sleep in a room by myself. Now, you may think that's funny. I'm an adult. Uh, you know, what's the big deal? But I'm telling you, what I'm trying to tell you is that fear is real. And we don't need to be um, instilling fear in our children. Halloween can be fun. Halloween doesn't have to have a lot of fear in it. And I know for some people, those are synonymous. Halloween, fear. But I believe in redeeming Halloween. This is how it affected me. It affected me like that for five years as a child. I've got another video that I want to show you that's a little bit more recent. Some of you will um, recognize this, um, this little clip from Facebook about Snapchat with kids. Can we take a look at this? Do 
Just do it! What are those? I don't know where that... Okay, anyway. The last part wasn't supposed to be on there. Um, why would somebody do that to their kids? Because these children are going to grow up with that fear on the inside of them. We need to teach our children, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but we can't be telling them on the one hand, God has not given you a spirit of fear, and so now let me see if I can scare you to death. Um, did you print that thing for me I asked you to print? Oh, it's in my Bible, of course. You gave it to me. I read this on Facebook yesterday. Instead of an elf on the shelf in December, I'm doing a doll in the hall in October. Basically, you take a creepy, creepy porcelain doll that your kids already believe is haunted and keep it secretly moving around the house. For an extra festive touch, I put the doll right in bed with one of the kids. It's day three, and they already want to move away. Uh, I know some people think this is funny, but I think because of what happened to me when I was 10, I don't think this is funny at all. So, um, let's be families of faith. Amen. Not families of fear. Let's be families of faith. Raising up children of faith. Raise confident kids that are not ruled by fear, but trust in the power of God in them. And we can tell them, come on, Johnny, come on, Susie. God has not given us a spirit of fear, and we're not afraid. We're not afraid of anything. We're not afraid of, you, you don't have to hide their eyes when they walk through Target or Walmart, and they've got scary things around. You just tell them, hey, that's not, we're not afraid of that. Come on, somebody. I said, we're not afraid of that. We're not, we, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But then don't turn around and scare your kids on purpose. Why, now, why is this important? Why am I taking Sunday morning church time to talk about this? Why is this such a big deal? I want you to listen to me very carefully. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit fear is not just an event it's just not boo i scared you fear is a spirit encouraging entertaining fostering fear in our lives creates an atmosphere where we expect sometimes even celebrate fear i remember in another town that we lived in there was a uh, a pastor had a radio program. I happened to catch, once in a while I would catch his radio program and I caught it one day in October and he was telling everybody, we've got a haunted house at our church. We have turned our whole church building into a haunted house and we've got demons and witches and goblins and ghosts and I guarantee you, you come out here, it'll scare you to death. These were his exact words. I'm not making this up. And he said, so I want you to bring your family out to Freedom Church, Freedom Baptist Church, for a good time of Christian fellowship. <laughs> I called him. And I said, Mike, if you want demons and witches and all that stuff in your church, that's up to you. You're the pastor. You guys do whatever you want there. But don't get on the radio and tell everybody. Don't implicate us and tell everybody that they can come to church for a good time of Christian fellowship when you're doing that. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. But you see, if there's a spirit of fear, 
Watch this. This is where I wanted to go with all this. This is not about Halloween. If there is a, such a thing as a spirit of fear, then don't be surprised when that spirit of fear pops up in other areas of your life. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I can't do it. I'm afraid God won't help me. I'm afraid God won't honor his word. I'm afraid nobody will like me. I'm afraid this disease will kill me. I'm afraid we're going to go under. I'm afraid nobody will hire me. I'm afraid my relationship will fall apart. I'm afraid my child will fail. I'm afraid that my enemies will control my future. It's a spirit. It's not just about, boo, you got scared one time on Halloween. It is we need to keep fear out of our lives. God has not given us a spirit of fear, so don't invite it in because it'll manifest in other areas of your life. And some, some of you are scared now. You're not scared of the things you saw on the video, but you've got other areas of your life where fear rules you. It's a spirit. It's not an event. If we allow it to, fear will define our walk with God. You can be a child of God and still not trust him and still be in constant fear. Like the child who won't jump into their daddy's arms when daddy's at the poolside and all, he, all this child has to do is jump into daddy's arms into the pool. And the child won't jump because the child is afraid daddy won't catch them. The child, it's still his child and he still loves them and is well able to catch them, but fear and mistrust define their relationship. We don't want a relationship like that with God. Job chapter 3, verse 25, how many of you remember this? That which Job greatly feared came upon him. Job lost everything. And the Bible says it wasn't the devil that took it. Job lost everything because he was afraid he would. So we need to be delivered from fear. And if statistics are correct, and I believe that in this case they probably are, there are all kinds of people in this congregation right now that are dealing with all kinds of fears. But I got good news. I said, I got good news. Who wants some good news? The good news is that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. God came to deal with that fear, to alleviate, alleviate that fear, and for you to walk in faith and power with God. How do we overcome fear? Let's, talk, let's close this out by talking about this. How do we actually overcome fear? First of all, Psalm chapter 34 verse 4 says magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears when you're spending time with God fear vanishes we need to spend time with God spend time praying spend time worshiping spend time seeking God spending time with God you can't be afraid when you're in the presence of God Psalm 46 Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Say, I do not fear. I'm not afraid. I don't walk in fear. My kids don't walk in fear. My family doesn't walk in fear. But we walk in faith. Psalm chapter 78, verse 52 says but God made his own people go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock and he led them on safely so that they did not fear but the sea overwhelmed their enemies when you follow God and his plan he will lead you safely and you don't have to be afraid you don't have to be afraid of the future 
And I like that. Well, one thing I like about this passage is it says you, it's your enemies that could, should be consumed by fear <laughs> because it says that your enemies will be overwhelmed by the sea. Say, I'm not afraid. Don't walk in fear. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 4. I like this scripture. Pastors, a part of the ministry of pastors is to alleviate fear in their people, in their, in their congregations. It's not to make people afraid, not to cause people to be afraid, to be afraid of God, or definitely not afraid of the enemy, but for us to walk in faith together as people of God. So that's a part of my ministry is to, to alleviate fear. The book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 5, says, Do not fear because my spirit is upon you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, and we need to lean hard on the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us, and that Holy Spirit will alleviate fear in our lives, and we can walk in faith and victory. Say, I'm not afraid because the Holy Spirit lives in me. In fact, along with that, Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says, You did not receive a spirit of adoption to fear, but the Spirit of God. Psalm chapter 112, verse 7. Do not be afraid of bad news. Steady your heart and trust in the Lord. Anybody in here ever gotten bad news? I have more than once. And the Bible says we're not to be afraid of it. We're not to be afraid of the report, the bad news, something that's reported to us as bad, but rather we're to trust God. After all, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says it's all going to work out for your good. Doesn't matter what news you get. It's all going to work out for your good. Matthew chapter 4, verse 40. The disciples are in the boat with Jesus. Jesus falls asleep and a storm comes up and the Bible says that the disciples are terrified. And the first thing, Jesus does scold them because they don't speak to the storm and the storm calm. But the first thing he asks them is, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? With Jesus in your boat, how many of you have Jesus in your boat? With Jesus in your boat, there's no reason for us to be afraid. He said, why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You see, the opposite of fear is faith. The opposite of fear is not trusting God. When we're wringing our hands and we don't know what the future holds and what's going to happen and what somebody's going to say to us and what somebody's going to do to us and how things are going to turn out, when we're afraid of the reports that we get, all of that, when we have this fear, that means that we're not trusting God. But when we have faith in God and faith comes, who knows how faith comes? Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so play it, listen to it, listen to it in your earphones, come to church and listen to the word. Uh, we need to be, because the more of the word that you get, the less fear that there is because fear and the word cannot coexist in you. And the word of God will build your faith and alleviate fear. Now, th this is not just pre good preaching material. I hope you're writing this down. I hope you understand. This is how you deal with fear. And we need to deal with it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of anything. Amen. Psalm chapter, uh, or um, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I will deliver you even when I'm far away. I love that scripture because even when God seems like he's far away, 
And they're always, I don't always, I realize I'm the pastor and when I wake up, I realize I'm supposed to wake up with a holy halo over my head and an aura around me and I, and, I, and I wake up with this heavenly vision every morning. I mean, some mornings I wake up and God doesn't feel close to me. I know by faith he is, but he doesn't feel very close. But this says even when God doesn't feel like he's close, he's still delivering you from fear. And then the last one, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. You will not be afraid when you lie down. Instead, you will have sweet sleep. I want to tell you something. Whenever the enemy wants to upset me, discourage me, whenever the enemy wants to mess with my heart, he does it when I'm trying to sleep. Anybody else? Yeah. The Bible says don't be afraid because God is going to give you sweet sleep. So sometimes you may need to quote that. You may need to lay your head down on the pillow and the devil says, what if this happens? What if that happens? Aren't you afraid? I mean, this could not turn out well for you. And you say, you know what? I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. The Bible says that God's going to deal with fear. Come on, somebody. God's going to deal with the fear and I'm going to have sweet sleep. So shut up because I'm closing my eyes, listening to the word here, and I'm going to sleep. And I'm going to sleep all night without any fear because I trust God with my future. Amen. 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 Say, I'm not afraid. Everybody stand up with me. Say, I'm not afraid. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. A spirit of power. He didn't just give me power. So I want you to say this. He didn't just give me. This is how you need to talk to yourself during the week. So it's not just good preaching material. You need, to talk, you need to talk to yourself like this. During, that's why I lead you in these confessions. I want you to say this tomorrow and the next day. God did not give me a spirit of fear. But he gave me a spirit of power. Not just an event of power. But I have a spirit of power all over me. A spirit of love all over me. A spirit of a sound mind all over me. I walk in faith. I'm not afraid. My kids aren't afraid. My family's not afraid. But we walk in faith in Jesus' name. Amen.